Good morning, Christchurch. Today's readings from Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which have set in place, what are mere mortals that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned them with glory and honour. You made them rulers over the works of your hands and put everything under their feet. All flocks and herds and the animals of the wild and the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Father God, thank you that you speak to us through your word. Pray that as we open scripture together now, you will send your spirit that we might, through your written word, encounter the living word, Jesus Christ, your son, our saviour. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you all. If you don't know me, my name's Anna. I'm the curate here. I'm now wearing my wedding badge. Um, I feel like I should get a little sash, like a brownie-type sash, and add things on as I, as I do them, shouldn't I? Maybe next time. Um, so today we are finishing up our series, or just our short little series um, through the summer, looking at some of the Psalms. Um, and last week Mike spoke to us about Psalm 121, which is his favorite Psalm. And this week I have the pleasure of speaking about Psalm 8, which is another cracking Psalm, isn't it? It's another really good one. And as you probably noticed, Psalm 8 is a psalm of praise. Mike talked last week about how um, the psalms were or are mostly really intended to be used communally. Um, and this is one of those psalms that you can really imagine being used communally, I think, isn't it? You can imagine people singing the words. If, um, like me, you were brought up on 80s and 90s worship music, you were probably singing several songs during the course of hearing the psalm read to us. And I think what happens in Psalm 8 is really, it's quite a common human experience. I think it's something that a lot of us have gone through. Because <laughs> if you take a quick look at um, verse 3, David the psalmist is talking about when he looks up to the heavens, when he's outside and he's under the night sky, he's reminded of just how big God is and how big God's creation is but also of how small he is. Let's just read those verses, verses three and four. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? I've had that experience under the stars before, but I think for me the place where that really hits home is when I'm by the sea. Um, I think we've got a picture to show up. So. I took this photo um, when I was in Cornwall a few weeks ago. It doesn't look as good as it did in reality. Um, but I, I thought I'd share this with you, not just to show you my lovely photography skills, um, but because there was something about that moment that I wanted to capture. And partly, yeah, it was just the beautiful colors and the beautiful sunset. But I also wanted to capture that feeling that I had in that moment of being 
of being really small, I suppose, in many ways, of standing there with the sea reaching as far as I could see and knowing it went a lot further still, and being there put into perspective some things in my own life, some of my own dramas, helped me to, to place them in, in a sort of bigger framework of what was going on in the world. When David, that happened for David when he looked up at the stars. For me, it happens when I'm at the sea. Something hits home about how great God's creation is, how great God is, and how small we are by comparison. How insignificant, maybe, we are in the grand scheme of life and the universe. And you know, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about the idea of being insignificant. Because on the one hand, it's quite reassuring, isn't it? That the whole world doesn't revolve around me. That um, the whole of life doesn't depend on my skills or experience or expertise. Um, that my opinions or my mistakes aren't the things that make the world keep turning or stop turning. But on the other hand, it can feel a little bit depressing almost to think about how small or how apparently inconsequential we are. Perhaps especially when we're going through something difficult and we can't understand how that pain that we're experiencing or that difficulty that we're going through can be so minor in comparison to all that's going on in the world. That can be really hard. But I love where David ends up in Psalm 8 because he doesn't end up either in this place of relief that actually he's so small nor in a place of sort of melancholy. Instead, he ends up in a place of praise to God. In fact, I read this week that Psalm 8 is apparently the only hymn in the Old Testament um, that is directed, addressed entirely towards God. I haven't reread the whole Old Testament this week to check if that is an actual fact, so someone else can do that this week, someone with some time on their hands, and let me know next Sunday. But David certainly turns this feeling, this experience, this realization of how small he is into a hymn of praise. He marvels, wow, despite all that you've created, God, you are still mindful of us human beings. You still care for us. And that word mindful means remember and visit. What is humankind that you remember them and you visit them? What are human beings that you care for them? Sometimes, perhaps especially when we've been Christians for a while, I think it's easy to forget what a miraculous and marvelous truth it is that despite our insignificance in the grand scheme of things, God chooses to regard us as significant, to remember us and to visit us. And it's not just because God is all-knowing and all-seeing and all-powerful and so he has no choice but to see us and regard us and remember us. He does it, it says in the psalm, because he cares for us. And so he wants to celebrate us, with us in our joy. And he wants to sit with us in our grief. And he wants to draw, us, draw alongside us in the good times and the bad. Because he cares for us. And that's quite mind-blowing, really. But then again, it probably shouldn't surprise us because time and time again in the Bible, God shows himself to be the God of those people and those places that other people see as insignificant. We've been talking about David, so let's take him as an example. God chose him from among his seven older, stronger brothers to be king. 
David, the boy, fought Goliath, the giant, and won. And David messed things up in a big way later on in life, but God carried on using him. And we see that same story, that same pattern repeated over and over again in the Bible. The distraught elderly Sarah, who couldn't have children, and her husband Abraham, used mightily in a way they never expected. The boy Joseph, sold as a slave, who in the end saved his people. Gideon and Samuel and Jeremiah and Rahab and Mary, and the list goes on and on and on. A whole array of people who, in different ways, were regarded as insignificant at least some points in their lives. People who, in various ways, were vulnerable or weak or poor, refugees, too young or too old or unproductive or outnumbered or outcast, sometimes morally questionable. God was mindful of them. He remembered them and he visited them. God is mindful of us. He remembers us and he visits us. And of course, let's not forget Jesus, which is um, great all-round advice for life. But in this instance, let's not forget Jesus because he is the perfect evidence, if we needed it, that God is a God of the insignificant. Choosing to be born as a baby to an unremarkable family in an unremarkable place. Choosing to die a criminal's death on our behalf. Despite our insignificance, God chooses to be mindful of us, to remember us and visit us, to regard us as significant, to see the things that we hold, the things that grieve us, the things that pain us, the things that make us full of joy. He sees all of that. And although maybe in the grand scheme of life and the universe it might seem small, it's significant to us and we're significant to him. But Psalm 8 doesn't just say that God is a God who cares for us and champions us as insignificant human beings. It also says he crowns us with glory and honor and makes us rulers over the works of his hands. God's being mindful of us is, of course, an immense comfort to us, but it also comes with great authority and with great power. I was reminded of those words of Spider-Man's Uncle Ben. Do you know where I'm going? With great power comes great responsibility. And in this case, the responsibility is to oversee flocks and herds and birds and fish and all of creation. All of them put under our feet, but not on our own terms, but on God's terms. Acting on his behalf as his regents, if you like. I wonder what being God's regent means for how we might fulfill that role. If God is a God of the insignificant, I suspect it means that we are to be a people of the insignificant, made up of the insignificant and reaching out to the insignificant, the vulnerable and the weak and the poor and the refugee and the too young and the too old and the unproductive and the outcast and the outnumbered and the morally questionable both within humankind and beyond within creation as a whole. I won't be the only one aware of here, of, aware of how often we mess that up, of how often I mess that up. 
thank God for Jesus who fulfills that role and that purpose perfectly because we can't and we don't. But if God is a God of those we call insignificant, we, his people, must be for the insignificant too. So just as we finish, and before we move on and promptly forget that we ever read Psalm 8 this morning, I thought we'd take a few minutes to reflect and to pray and to offer back to God some of the things that perhaps he's been speaking to us about this morning. About how he regards us, how he sees us, but also about what this means for the way that we should live our lives too. So I think Rich is just going to play for us for a few minutes. I asked him to do something twiddly on his guitar. (laughs) And we're going to take a minute to be quiet. Um, I've popped three questions up on the PowerPoint, which you can use if you find them helpful. But if actually God's leading you somewhere else this morning, then just ignore them. So you might want to think about how you are encouraged or challenged today, that God is mindful of you, of us, and cares for us. You might want to ask, how God's care for the insignificant shapes the way that we should live. And perhaps if there are attitudes or priorities in your life or in our life collectively that needs to alter, maybe the way we use creation, perhaps the way we use time or money, our priorities, our prejudices. So as Rich plays, let's just take a couple of minutes to reflect on that and then I'll draw us together in a prayer at the end. Thank you.